to talk about on another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Jeremy's in Houston. Houston. I'm in Houston. <laughs> and the world is spinning on its axis, which is right. good. Right. First thing we need to talk about, though, is, is, is Hank Aaron. I recall seeing him in person in 2017 in L.A., at the World Series when he was about to present Jose Altuve with the Hank Aaron Award. And for some reason, were you standing next to me in the, the 2019 World Series? Didn't we see yeah. him go by on a golf cart for the same award presentation? We did in the tunnel. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's uh, Hank Aaron, uh, man, you know, what he meant to the game, right? It, there's not enough words that, that in the English language or any other language talk about what Hank Aaron meant to baseball, um, the way he performed on the field, obviously, the way he did it for years, not just the numbers, but, you know, the time it took to put that up, the model of consistency, um, the character with, with, with Mr. Aaron, the, uh, the way he extended himself to people, his post-career, you always felt – and I, and I only had a couple of really, really brief interactions with him, right? But, uh, you know, you always felt what, by watching him, just this, this aura of, of uh, and, and part of the term when I say this, of, of, of majesty. It was just like, man, this guy is just so great. And thank you so much for being you. And wow. And to, to have him pass after such a tough 2020, we start off 2021 with Don Sutton and then Hank Aaron, um, you know, feels like a, a changing of, 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 of time in, in baseball, not just like a, a passing of the torch that's happened long ago, but a changing of time. Are you able to share your interactions? Like what the setting was, what it was about? Yeah. I mean, once I was a kid and it was like, you know, Jeremy, this is Hank Aaron and, you know, hi, Jeremy, nice to meet you. And hi, hi, Mr. Aaron. And, you know, it was one of those. And, Another time, you know, he, you know, 15 years later, 18 years later, whatever it was, we just happened to be in the same place, same ballpark, and, you know, introduced himself. You know, Jeremy says, Hank Aaron. Hi, Mr. Aaron. I, nice to meet you. I mean, it was one of those. It was just just good to see you, son, and, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, all you, you know, I know you had a good career in the game, and, you know, just brief five minutes of talking. It was just he didn't have to take his time. Everybody wanted his time. I mean, you know, even with Bonds, you know, the type of guy was with that just goes back to even when Bonds broke his record. And, there's a state question is Hank Aaron going to be there. Right. And he wasn't there, but there was this message on the scoreboard that played about congratulating Barry for moving forward. Never spoke a bad word about him. Never say anything about all the rumors that circulated. It was all about positivity and class and, and character. And that's, that's how you treated everybody who came across. One thing that, that I'm really having watched a number of little um, pieces about Hank's career, Mr. Aaron's career the one thing that I'm just so glad was that he was so giving of his time that these stories, we're not going to lose them forever, that they're going to they're going to keep being told from these videos and these interviews because it just it just I, I get so upset when I see people who pass away and perhaps you you just there's stories that have never been unlocked. And it just seems like Hank, Hank Aaron was so giving right up until right up until the end of giving his time and, and his willingness to share his trials, the tribulations, the successes, everything that he went through. And, and it's just so commendable. He, um, you know, he's one of the few people that I've ever met 
or I've ever heard of or even been around where he's going to transcend, you know, centuries. Like he's iconic, you know, it's, um, you hear the stories of, of Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and guys like that. And to be honest with you, nothing against any of them, Mickey Mantle, but they pale in comparison to who Hank Aaron was and, and the way he has touched so many different people across the game. So, um, you know, the game, the game and humanity, I'd say, just again, paying it forward as an ambassador of, of, of who we are as people um, lost a lot today. But as you say that, you can easily celebrate all he was and what he meant to people for you know, decades ago for it. Dusty Baker, you know, he's somebody I really feel for at this time. When you consider he's lost Hank Aaron, he's lost Don Sutton, he's lost Tommy Lasorda, he's lost Lou Brock, all these, these players yeah. that he was teammates with, friends with, managed. It, it's, I, I mean, I think um, – you know, we've mentioned during the season a couple of times, like, can we get your thoughts? And and I think he even said, I'm, I'm, I don't even like picking up the phone anymore because I just don't know who's going to be next. Dusty Baker's statement was from the Astros. Hank Aaron was the most important influence on my life next to my dad. He was the best person that I ever knew and the truest, most honest person that I ever knew. He taught me how to be a man and how to be a proud African-American. He taught me how important it was to give back to the community, and he inspired me to become an entrepreneur. Hank impacted my life, my family, my world, both on and off the field. He was a great man. Can't say it any better than that. Can't say it any better than that. That's, that's basically all you could ever ask for. And again, nothing else could do him justice. And that's an excellent job by Dusty Baker. Um, the, the, the best thing about Hank Aaron is regardless of whether he's with us or not on this planet. Um, the stories of who he is and the messages that he, you know, put out there will be told for, for generations. So, um, you know, congratulations, if you will, to Mr. Aaron on impacting millions and millions and millions of people, because if that's what he set out to do, he did it. Speaking of impact players, the Astros, unfortunately appear to have lost George Springer the deal to the Toronto Blue Jays, tough for Astros fans to swallow. But if I'm George, man, what an opportunity. I think this is a great place for him to land because it kind of reminds me of those younger Astros teams that were coming up that he was a part of. Now he's going to be the veteran presence in the clubhouse. Yeah, you know, we talked, uh, I don't know if it was the last one we did, one before that, we talked about George and we talked about Toronto, right? We talked about proximity to Connecticut and, you know, easy plane flights and able to get back and forth. And, you know, obviously Toronto's a great place to play. It's a great place to hit. He's got a good nucleus. Um, they paid him. It's extremely attractive. You know, that I thought he was going to sign with Toronto, you know, much earlier. And what struck me was the timing of this um, because the day prior was when the Mets had their fiasco, right? So, um, it's the Mets, it's the Blue Jays, and hey, it's the Mets and the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays and the Mets, and we're going back and forth, and all of a sudden we have a, um, a text issue, let's say, and then we have a text issue, and then um, he's a Blue Jay the next day, right? It's it's going to leave, look, it's, it's going to leave its impact in, in multiple places, okay? It's going to leave its impact here in Houston first and foremost because they still have some good players here, 
And it's not like his team is a complete teardown. So that's some good players. Um, but Springer was the guy in my mind who, and as much as I still say it's Altuve's team, I still say it's Altuve's team. Springer was a guy in my mind you could always count on to say the right thing, to live with character, to uh, execute on the field, to come up with that, you know, that important impact type at bat when he needed it. Such a dangerous player, um, uh, enough of an old school throwback and still embrace embracing of the future and, and where we are today. You know, he, he, you can't measure what his impact was in the clubhouse. And, um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm going to say this because it's true, drafted in 2011 by Bobby Heck and, and his staff when they were here. Um, that's the type of guys that Bobby built and put around players. So for him to end up in um, in Toronto is a, lot, a huge loss for Houston, but it's the right step for both clubs, both franchises at this point with the Astros direction and also where the Blue Jays are going. Um, you know, in the third city, it leaves a hole in is New York. They badly, lead, badly need a right-hand hitting bat, badly need an outfielder. Um, he was, seemed to be a center fielder, seemed to be a perfect fit. Uh, they would have had to give up a draft pick, but – you know, Sandy didn't seem to Alderson didn't seem to want to pay. I mean, that's the bottom line. He's going to go with his guys and, and he's going to be a little uh, more economical with things like that. And I guess didn't feel that, you know, George is worth the money, but I also got to believe that George having just come off the Astros scandal, this can't be, and I got to say this, the Astros cheating scandal, having dealt with what he dealt with last year from start to finish, regardless of the pandemic, all of that chaos that he had dealt with, the last thing George Springer wanted to do was going to New York into more chaos with what happened with their general manager and more things with Sandy Alderson not knowing what he's going to be surrounded. And I'm almost, and I can't say for sure because I wasn't in the conversation, but it would shock me if George didn't pick up the phone and call Bobby Barrett and Casey Close with Excel and say, that's it. I'm going to Toronto, get it done. And he did. Your best guess. Will the Astros try and replace Springer with in-house, lesser known free agent, or a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr.? I'm going with Jackie Bradley Jr. And, and I'm saying that because I think with some of the other moves that they've made, he's going to fit cost-wise. He's going to fit, um, you know, with contract length. He's going to be looking for a year, maybe two. Jackie is to kind of rebuild his, his value a little bit more, uh, which I don't understand because the guy's a pretty good player. So I don't understand why people see him sometimes the way they do. Um, you know, I think this is a good place to play in, in what I would call um, hide in plain sight type of area. I mean, Houston, you can hide here in plain sight, man. You can perform and, and the fans will love you and they'll be behind you. Um, you know, and sometimes you can get away from, from the national media a little bit sometimes here. It's just the way it is. And, and uh, I feel like that would be a good fit for both sides. And there's no draft pick attached. The Astros have been losing the draft picks that they did from the cheating scandal. Just got one back with Springer, right? They just got one back. So um, they're in a, in a, in a bet, and I think actually 21 is the last year, right? They lost it in 20 and losing 21. So they just got their 21 pick back. So they're in a better spot. The Astros are, if they just sign a guy like JBJ to still stay competitive with the nucleus they still have here with a Bregman, Correa, Altuve, and of course the guy they just resigned, which we'll talk about in a second. That offensive nucleus, Jackie Bradley fits. That guy you wanted to mention or talk about is Michael Brantley. Yep. There was talk that he was heading to Toronto and then er, slam on the brakes. Apparently he's returning to Houston. And we can say that with, I think, some certainty when you look at some of the tweets by Carlos Correa, Miles Straw, and Lance McCullers, all of them extremely excited that Uncle Mike is coming back. Are you surprised that he's decided to return? Because when I look at the contract, if it's 
two years and 32 mil, which I believe is what he had before. I think that's really, I think that's really good for the Astros. I don't think they're paying. I think they're paying about market price. You know, funny thing about Michael Brantley and, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but you know, Michael Brantley was drafted by the Brewers, right? Um, what was that, 2006, maybe, somewhere in the five? Before your time there, obviously. Yeah, yeah, before my time, but not before Bobby Heck was the East Coast cross-checker and supervised that selection as well. So bringing it back to the center, Michael Bradley coming back to Houston is a good deal for both sides. Great place to hit, knows the city, knows the fans, comfortable, um, professional hitter, fits in a lineup that still has a chance to be pretty good. I mean, it's not like they, they lost Springer now. They feel, bring back Michael Brantley. That really lessens the blow. You can't replace George Springer, but it lessens the blow. Um, if they lost both of them, it would have been bad, bad news. Trouble, right. And so I, I feel like that him coming back here allows the Astros to be really more a lot more competitive um, in this market, coming off a pandemic with the losses that we're hearing clubs had and how contracts are going, to be able to secure him for the same money he's had the last two years is really good for both, right? It's good for both. And that's so. really, when you look at Springer's deal, as I said on KHO 11 News, it's not about the money. Okay, it's always about the money. But when you consider that George was able to get six years at an average of 25 mil per I mean, that is really one of the great all-time deals for a center fielder when you also factor in the fact of the claims of the economic climate that Major League Baseball is facing. And now, again, those are claims. When you look at some of the money still being thrown around, you know, I think you got to say, really, are these guys crying poor for what reason? But anyhow... I think that's really a, one of the one of the best deals a, a player has seen. Yeah, it's it's but it, it's fitting and it's good to see the Astros step up and do what they needed to do to make sure that they stayed con, you know competitive, right? You know, if you lose Springer and Brantley, it's a lot worse just lose, than just losing Springer. Um, Brantley's another guy. You, know, you say they're referring to him as Uncle Mike, right? It's another good clubhouse guy, another good leader, no, somebody who can steady the ship. Um, you know, this club, while a different club, and the steam has has left a little bit you know, from the train that was doing all the Astros, anti-Astros cheating antics, this coming year, they're going to play with fans. Okay. Now, whenever that is it's supposed to be on time as of right now, but they're going to play with fans and it, this isn't going to go away. So the more steady influence they can have a Dusty Baker, a Michael Brantley, um, it, the better it is for everybody to have that happen. They need people here who are going to be able to lead, help lead this team through grace. Um, Correa, Grew up last year. Give him credit. You know, Bregman grew up a little bit. Give him credit. Um, you know, Altuve's kind of kept his his stuff intact, and he is who he is. You either believe it or you don't. But um, it, it, it's it's a good fit for everybody. It's a good contract for everybody. And those type of deals are the ones you get happy about because both sides won. And I believe that um, Jason Castro is reportedly returning. He was the Astros' first round draft pick out of Stanford many many years ago. Now coming back to I don't want to say split time with Maldonado. It will probably be on a 65, 35, something like that. But there's another steadying influence and a guy who can, you know, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark from time to time. So I think that's a good deal too. Jason Castro, good player, had a good career. Um, character, another character guy. There's, there's a trend here, right? The character guy, another uh, performer, somebody who is, who is consistent veteran leadership. 
Um, also drafted by guess who? Uh, initials are BH? Yeah, yeah, Bob, Bobby Heck in the, in the first round in 2008, right? So um, he was, you know, when he, <laughs> the impact that that guy's had on these friends, it's ridiculous. Anyway. Yet no one other than you and a few others, very pe few people talk about it. It's really one of the game's craziest stories that just get overlooked that that's the right word it's really an overlooked story yeah it is and, and bobby's not a self-promoter um james click knows who he is and eric neander knows who he is right and heim bloom knows who he is and andrew friedman knows who he is and the people who um, have gone on to do great things you know i'll give this guy credit i give him credit for being a mentor to me all the time and i'm not afraid to say that um guys deserving of a general manager job. Heck, there was even a story that ran for a little bit in the New York Post and mm. had the title, heck yeah, on the front of that with his picture because that was the information that was out there. He was going to, it ran for a couple hours. He was going to be the Mets general manager. Didn't, didn't happen, didn't go that way. And obviously they're still looking for another one after hiring who they did. Um, but Bobby gets those type of guys. And so his impact is still felt. Now it's felt in Toronto, Tampa Bay, and back in Houston, um, you know, with Correa, who's another one of his picks. And, and now with Castro and the colors is one of his picks and now Castro coming back. So, you know, Jason Castro and Maldonado are good compliments. You know, they're going to help each other uh, offensively, defensively. Uh, it's a good balance. You know, Castro can play. He can hit. He can do some things that with the bat, Maldonado obviously is a 70 defender and a former gold glove winner. And I think that's in, in today's day and age of catching, we're finding guys that we call caddies. Right. They're caddying each other. And, and this is a good fit for the Astros again. So, you know, James Click, having grown up in that Tampa Bay school, while those guys were there, is doing a really good job as their GM. He's hiring, he's bringing the right guys back. He's putting the right staff in place. And, you know, as, as, as critical as I was on the previous regime for what they weren't doing and how they were, you know, what they, this guy's doing a good job. He's doing a good job so far. And, and, and for the city of Houston, that's, that's going to be fun because eventually it's going to get back to, or it could be sooner rather than later, what they're used to seeing now, which is winning baseball. And here's why I, why I also like the Jason Castro signing. When you look at the impact that Maldonado had on those kids last year, I don't know if those pitchers would have performed at the level they did. I'm not saying they wouldn't perform, but at the level they did, especially in the postseason, without a veteran steadying influence like Martin Maldonado. I'm not saying Garrett Stubbs isn't a quality catcher, but Jason Castro is now another guy who's been there, done that. And when you consider that those kids were force fed last year, and we always hear about sophomore slumps, you know, with fans in the stands and everything else, these kids, these young pitchers, they're going to be facing things that they haven't seen thus far in their big league career. And, and I don't think Martin will have the pressure now that I have to be there in every single inning of every single game. Now you've got a guy like Castro who can take the baton and work his magic behind the plate right. and, and settle these kids down and the ones that are coming up because, you know, it's one thing when teams haven't seen you for the first time, but then when they get to see you a little bit, as we saw with some of these guys last year, again, I, I just think it's a, a smart decision to have a, a, a guy like Jason Castro as your, okay, we'll call him number two, but probably more like a 1A. Right. No, I, I, don't, I, I think that's right on. Um, I, I feel like Castro's at that point in his career where that fits for where his abilities at and probably what his, his body is telling him to. 
Um, but it's got a chance to be another impactful move that probably a little under the radar at the moment, but it's going to be an impactful move for the club. So good job. All right. Well, we covered Springer, Castro, and of course the late great Hank Aaron. We've got to do this more often. We do. But you've been traveling a lot, so I'm back in the great city of Houston. Driving. I, I don't want people to. I mean, very safe and things like that. And I, I've been COVID tested quite a bit. I'll tell you that. How many I'm, times have you been tested? Do you think? Five. How many? Five. Five. I'm all set. I've had. Uh, I've only been tested once, and that was uh, before a medical procedure. Everything's fine. Um, yeah, that was the only time. And to be honest with you, the thing up the nose, I didn't, I'd heard really bad things about it, but it wasn't as uncomfortable or painful as I thought it would be, which I, I was very happy about. So I had, I had one that tickled me that I sneezed for 10 minutes straight. That's the one. Yes. That's the one I had. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So the eyes get watery, that kind of thing. Well, I'm excited for baseball season. Um, you know, we're in full swing and, and street training is what a month away now. Yes. So. The, uh, I, I was on a, uh, a call with James Click. He was speaking to the Houston chapter of the Society for American uh, Society, the Saber. Um, and he said the trucks were going to leave February 4th, I think, is when the uh, they were going to pack up the trucks and head to the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Well, can't wait for them to do it. Can't wait to start uh, getting baseball back underway. And um, looking forward to being back here in Houston now full time and, and, and getting to it. All right, Jeremy, until next time, talk to you.